You're listening to Leadership on the Ground, Season 2. Leadership on the Ground in real time. Learning, recognizing, and knowing what is needed is not enough in business today. Leaders need to be able to apply their skills on the ground and in real time to make a meaningful impact. This series is brought to you by the international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor, your source and reference for achieving breakthrough performance and productivity. Leading yourself, leading teams, and leading organizations. And now, here are your hosts, Todd Schnick and Erica Peetler. All right. Good morning and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Todd Schneck, joined by my friend and colleague, Erica Peetler. Hello, my friend. How are you? This is going to be a fun conversation. I'm really looking forward to this. Good morning to you. Yeah. You know, it's an intimidating one. Uh, this uh, Today's episode is about calling out unproductive behaviors. It's going to be interesting. But before we go there, tell us what this season of Leadership on the Ground is all about. Why does leadership in real time matter? Yeah, so leadership on the ground. Let's just make sure we understand that piece first, right? Leadership is a skilled profession, and it's all about our behaviors. That's actually what shows up on the ground every day, our behaviors. In our Leadership on the Ground series, we've been talking about the importance of becoming a consciously competent leader, which means we know what we are doing, we know how to do it, and we know why we're doing it, because as leaders, we're asked to build the talent bench. So to do this, we need to be consciously competent. Now, why is that important? If we don't have conscious discipline and positively practice our leadership skills on the ground, we're not going to positively influence performance and productivity. And this is what we're looking for. In season two, we're raising the bar here and we're asking our listeners to not just cross that knowing doing gap and put their leadership skills on the ground, but to do it at the speed of business. And the speed of business is in real time, proximal to events and proximal to entry points. All right. Good stuff. Well, let's get into it. All right. So we talked about unproductive behavior. What is unproductive behavior? Yeah. So this episode, you said at the top here, you know, this is intimidating and unproductive behavior. You know, we tend to think of them in terms of the ones that are most scary to us, right? So could be that someone uh, has an emotional outburst or someone yells or someone may pounce out of a room or something or call someone out and intimidate them. But that's not all the unproductive behaviors that we're going to deal with. We need to really be clear about why unproductive behaviors are so important to call out in this real-time approach with uh, leadership on the ground. And fundamentally, Todd, it's all about it affects performance and productivity because it affects our blue dollars, right? It affects our moods. It affects our team dynamics. We tend to tolerate an enormous amount of unproductive behaviors because we don't have the language to fortify our courage. We don't have that ability to confidently cross the knowing doing gap and in real time, put our leadership on the ground and really call out that unproductive behavior because that's really a very sophisticated way of calling out someone's impact, which we just talked about last week, and really seizing an entry point, right? So that's really the crux of it. I think the problem here is, is that in our business culture, this is frowned upon, right? I mean, this seems to be, I mean, it's very rare if I've been a part of or observed an organization where this was a welcomed part of the business process. I mean, mean, culturally, this is, this is unorthodox. You know, it's interesting because, and I'm going to give a little bit of a call out and a little bit of credit here to uh, Patrick Lencioni, who's the author of The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, for those listeners who've read that. 
in the old school approach, we would probably do the feedback offline and say, hey, you know, Todd, the way that that came across in the meeting or, hey, let me give you some feedback. You know, what Lencioni has brought to business and has really brought through his five dysfunctions of a team perspective is the importance of this concept called peer-to-peer accountability. And peer-to-peer accountability is really about calling each other out. And it's whether it's on unproductive behaviors or missed deadlines, but it's really about in real-time business, right? You know, we're sitting in a meeting, we're eating up blue dollars. You said you're going to do something or something that you said, you know, uh, suck the air out of the room. That ability to have peer-to-peer accountability is really critical. And in fact, in these five dysfunctions of a team, that's the one area of the five that most organizations struggle with. It's the one that most people have difficulty with because you really need to be able to have trust in the room to be able to call each other out. And you need to be pretty skilled and you need to understand what is an unproductive behavior exactly. So let's talk about a couple of them, right? Because you asked me the question. I'm not quite sure I I hit it as as, uh, directly as I could. If people are being distracting, right? They're not paying attention. They're sitting on their cell phone. They may be having a sidebar conversation. You know, they're not bottom lining. They're going on and on and on in a thread. Or, uh, you know, as we talked about earlier, uh, a couple of weeks ago with entry points, you know, an introvert might get an aha moment a little bit late and try to enter into some piece of a conversation that's already moved on when we're trying to get clarity and closure. Those are all examples of distracting, unproductive behaviors, right? Which we need to call out, whether it's, hey, you know, you got to get off your cell phone or, hey, we're having one conversation in the room, right? It could be as simple as that. And I'm a facilitator, so I'm, I'm calling out unproductive behaviors that are distracting all the time. But that's just really one approach of categorizing unproductive behaviors. You ready for the second one? Yeah, absolutely. So the second one kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, which is when safe space is taken away, right? So unproductive behaviors when someone is emotional, you know, when they cause uh, anxiety to rise, people will uh, have a rush of adrenaline. You ever have that rush where you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know what happens? It's like, we're not going to play. We're not going to participate. So what do we do? We've just literally sucked the air out of the room. We've shut down the prefrontal cortex thinking part of everybody's brain. Everybody's flushed with adrenaline. We've just caused an amygdala hijacking and we're going to have zero productivity and we're going to have zero performance. So in that case, we've taken away the safe space. We have to do a couple things in that situation, right? We may say, hey, listen, this is getting pretty intense. Why don't we take a 10 minute break, right? That could be one way to do it. Or we could say, hey, listen, Joe, appreciate your passion here, but really, you know, it's really gone almost over the top. Just want to give you a little bit of feedback here. I think, you know, you've caused a little bit of discomfort in the room. I just want to get everybody back to a calibrated point where that's an important point. It's not the only point. Let's come back to understanding that, you know, we can have some productive conflict here and you can definitely be passionate, but we also want to be balanced here. We want to be able to hear everybody out. So, you know, kind of putting some context around maybe a behavior that gets a little bit out of hand. And the third area I would say is just bad uh, civility, you know, bad manners that just decrease performance. I mean, how many times have you been sitting in a meeting and someone is just either not listening and they come back in five minutes later and repeat what someone has said or oh, they're... Yeah. Con- Right. Or they're consistent. And I'm doing the next one, which is cutting you off or interrupting because, you know, we're people are not getting a chance to finish their sentences. So there's a host of these unproductive behaviors that we witness. The question is, in real time, are we going to take the opportunity to give that person some feedback, to give that room some recalibration? And are we going to increase the productivity and performance in the room? All right. Erica and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. 
This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpetler.com. All right, Todd Schnick, back with Erica Petler, and we're talking about calling out unproductive behaviors. So, Erica, how do you actually do this? I mean, you touched on it, but uh, give me some phrases. I mean, give me some words that I can actually use so that I can call out an unproductive behavior. Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked it in that way, Todd, because I think this concept of in real time, you know, people that, oh my God, I see that entry point, but do I have the words? Do I have the phrases? Can I take the risk? You know, can I take the shot? And I think it's really important. I have three that I can offer people. And this is what I call safe ground. Because what you want to do when you're calling out an unproductive behavior is not necessarily make it about that person being bad and kind of putting them against the wall. What you want to do is you want to let that person know, how did that behavior affect me? So here's a way to think about this. Safe ground. If someone is very emotionally unbalanced. They may be yelling, right? You know, they may be really expressing themselves. You may say, I just need to let you know, Todd, that your behavior right now is making me feel very uncomfortable. I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to, or other people are going to be able to fully participate because I'm not quite sure that it's safe in the room right now to put other points of view out there. Mm. Boom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I feel, you can't tell me I'm not feeling something, right? Cause it goes right back to intention and impact, right? If, if the person says, well, no, 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 that's not how you should feel. Really? You can't tell me how I'm going to feel. Right? Right. You know, so that's safe space, number one. Another way to say it is, hey, listen, your impact on me, uh, you're making me feel this way, right? So, you know, you, you lead with your impact on me because if you're in an organization and you're helping people to understand this leadership language, you're talking about intention and impact. When you cue people with that word and you give them that as the way that you're framing this, they immediately go into, oh my God, you know, I just had a bad impact. Here's what I need to do. I got to apologize, right? I got to be vulnerable. So I give people these words to lead with because it's safe space. If I say the impact, your impact on me is this, right? You can't take that away from me. That's how, again, I'm feeling. You might also use the language that says, let me tell you how that landed on me just now, right? I'm feeling like your point is the only point that, you know, we have to go forward with. You kind of shut down the rest of the, uh, the folks in the room. It doesn't feel like we can offer an alternative point of view. So the unproductive behavior, someone was being overly dominant in the room and kind of pressuring the group to go, uh, you know, with their perspective only. So I feel your impact on me. Let me tell you how that landed on me. Go to phrases that you can take as an entry point to get out there and try to help people understand that the behavior that they're demonstrating is decreasing performance and productivity and not allowing us in real time to really get the benefit of everyone's participation in the room. 
I'm thinking about intention and impact the last episode, and we talked about it's important to recognize when your impact doesn't land. Sometimes the only way you're going to know that is if someone calls that out, right? Yeah, and someone is going to call that out on you, and you got to be prepared for that, right? Because, you know, remember that entry points work both ways. Someone is seizing an entry point on you and kind of saying, hey, you know, your behavior, you know, didn't land really well. Let's say you're a senior leader or CEO. Holy smokes, right? That could be really intimidating, but you have to be able to respect the fact that someone just had personal power. They're trying to get you to perform at a higher level. They took an entry point, named an unproductive behavior in your backyard. You got to say, I hear you. I think you're right right? Don't be defensive. Don't say, oh no, that's not what I meant. Deal with it. Bring it in. Build that trust. Have that vulnerability. And I don't care whether you're the CEO or you're a senior executive. You know, I create environments when I'm doing uh, facilitated workshops where I make it really, really clear in a room where you're having a meeting, even if it's the CEO and senior leaders there and you're a manager, it should be a peer-to-peer environment. When it comes to behaviors, unproductive behaviors or otherwise, You really want to get to the point where there's no conversation we can't have. When you get to the point of there's no conversation that we can't have, unproductive behaviors are just casual mistakes that get addressed and just ways that we can kind of, you know, give people feedback. What's really critical later in our series is how do you handle the quintessential unproductive either behavior or unproductive issue in the room? And that's the pink elephant. Ah, the pink elephants. You know, I listening to you there, Erica, I'm realizing that it's not just the guy leading the meeting that's responsible for calling out unproductive behaviors, right? Is everyone in that room empowered and enabled to do so? Yeah. And it's a great point. Everyone in a meeting, right? That personal power, that fact that we are all leaders and we all have it. When you have a high performing team and you have a high performing organization, And back to my mention again of the five dysfunctions of a team, when everyone feels the confidence and the ability to be able to call out peer-to-peer behaviors, whether they're unproductive or otherwise, that's when you really have the dynamics of a high-performing team because they don't let the drama, they don't let the baggage, they don't let the distractions get in their way. They catch it like a fly ball. Boom, fly ball, let me apologize, let me move, and let me uh, go forward from here. Yeah, it's like what Michael Corleone said, it's not personal. It's just business. Hearing you say all this, I mean, it's hard. It's intimidating. It's a little scary. And I certainly understand the power of why you need to do it. But but do teams actually ever really get there? And and if so, what happens? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, I will tell you that in my experience, it is the hardest thing to overcome. It is the most difficult piece for people to really nail because it's always uncomfortable. I can't imagine a time when it ever is really comfortable. It's almost like one of those things where it shouldn't be comfortable, right? Right. But it's an area where teams do make significant improvements. I can tell you I'm working with a couple of fantastic teams right now where the conversations that they're having in those rooms, it used to be that they would have protected artificial harmony and protected their relationships at all costs and never really talked about the issue. Now they go right there, they raise it, you know, they're able to hold each other accountable and they talk about it and they use the words. It's like, you know, they'll even ask the question, hey, where's the peer-to-peer accountability in the room in real time, you know, and and that's the real benefit as opposed to being frustrated. Why didn't someone raise this after the meeting? Those high performance teams and organizations get the value of in real time. It has to happen in the meeting because that's what's standing in the way of performance and productivity on the ground. And we got to address it. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. I imagine it's amazingly impactful when a team gets there. That's exciting to think about. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. We'll return next week to discuss who do you serve as a leader? 
You won't want to miss that. So on behalf of myself, my co-host, Eric Kapitler, that's it for this episode, season two of Leadership on the Ground in Real Time. We'll return next week. We'll see you then. We'll see you then.